0: trying to balance the many demands placed on the contemporary educator. I'd like to acknowledge that I live and work and play on the unceded traditional territories of the Lekwungen-speaking peoples of the Esquimalt and Songhees nations and I feel really grateful to be here. Uh, So it's been a while since I've actually done a podcast like oh god, probably two months or so. Um, So I apologize if you are out there waiting for another episode. First of all, thank you for listening. But second of all, it's just been a really crazy couple of months and we know that as teachers that it can get like that. Um, Yeah, plus, you know, we were moving and all this other crazy stuff. So thank you for tuning in and thank you also for your patience. Today I want to talk about lifelong learning. As teachers, we obviously value and can appreciate learning and uh, we obviously see there's a huge importance in developing skills that can be applicable to real life situations and to you know potential professions and ongoing learning etc etc so we already know all that stuff so I'm not really talking about the value of learning because we already know that that's why we do this work it's because we know that teaching is valuable and we know that learning is equally actually more so valuable than the teaching that we do. So what I'm talking about really is learning as teachers, as educators. I understand as an educator that we have mandatory professional development and we often go through workshops that either teach us about new resources or new curriculum or even new technology that we're expected to use. There's all these resources to ensure that we are professionally developing. However, uh, I'm trying to take this beyond the professional development realm because I think we all, as educators, have come out of a professional development workshop or a day of professional development and been like, wow, that was a giant waste of time and I wish I'd just been able to finish my report cards. And I think that's really, really common and So I'm not trying to discredit professional development. I'm a huge advocate for professional development. I love professionally developing. I love going to professional development days, even the ones that don't feel that great. If nothing else, I can at the end critique what I would have done differently if I were teaching the same criteria or the same content, I should say. And so, you know, there's value in every single professional development that we do. But what I'm really trying to focus on here is how we broaden that and become learners in our own right. So it doesn't necessarily have to be about our profession, but it can be transferable to our profession. I'm going to get into that a little bit more after, but I'm just going to kind of talk about some research around lifelong learning because I think that it's important to remind ourselves that this isn't just a theory that we have. This is, you know, a real life thing that is studied and advocated for. In order for learning to feel useful and beneficial, it needs to be flexible, it needs to be available, and it needs to be relevant at different times in our life. And this is something that regular high school often neglects when we talk to our students. What we often do is we teach to a curriculum. So a lot of students aren't prepared to learn that material. They don't necessarily understand the benefit of the material that we're teaching at that stage of their life. Oftentimes curriculum can be quite inflexible. I think right now, at least in BC, they've really modified curriculum so that it could be more flexible, and I, I'm really seeing a shift there, and that's great. And it's not always available. What I mean by that is that when a student is given their timetable for I'm mostly talking about high school here, but when a student is given their timetable for the year and it's a semestered system. They might only have English in one semester and if they're really keen to learn about the poets they might only have English in that one semester which means that they're really only studying it for about 20 weeks out of the year and the rest of the year is focused on something else. Of course that doesn't mean that they can't do a lot of self-exploration on the subjects that they're interested in. When students are in a separate semester they often don't feel that they have the space to do that self-exploration on subjects. And that can be challenging because if they have a, you know, sciences heavy semester, which for me, when I was in high school, that would have killed me. I would have been exhausted all the time. So it doesn't give space for them to do all the things that they're excited about and interested in. So that's what I mean when I say that it's not always available. <clears throat> There's also different reasons to pursue learning. So there's learning just to know in order to develop a transferable skill that's you know mostly relevant to our personal lives or just to have information that we find interesting or fascinating or engaging there is learning to do which means to specifically develop a skill related to a job that you're currently have or a job that you would like to have in the future now arguably a lot of what we do in high school is teaching to do like we're teaching students to learn to do and um, students oftentimes can't actually see that they don't always see the relevance I remember saying to my high school math teacher about 500 times when am I going to need to know this when is this going to be relevant to me and so many times since then I really wish that I had factored in what he was saying about the life skill of just learning how to do basic arithmetic so there's also, you know, learning to um, to develop social skills and social understanding. And that's really important in school, even though a lot of times our classroom rules don't allow for students to develop their social learning. There's opportunity for that during lunch, recess, after school activities and extracurriculars. And it allows students to make mistakes, learn from those mistakes, readjust how they understand social contracts and boundaries and behaviors and build and maintain relationships. And then finally, there's also learning to be, which pertains to spirituality or mental and physical health and well-being, nutrition and how to take care of your, like literally nourish your soul, like feed your body, your intelligence and your overall just growth as a person and maturity as a person there's opportunities for all of these things to happen through school, through learning. And students don't always, at that time in their lives, understand how that's going to relate to later on, which is part of the problem with traditional schooling, right? Like, if developing a lifelong learner and a passion for lifelong learning has to be flexible, available, and relevant, well, the way that school's set up at the moment isn't always flexible, available, and relevant. It doesn't mean that we can't make it flexible and available and relevant. I think that there's opportunities to make learning that way. So part of why I'm talking about this right now is how do we not only instill lifelong learning in our students, but also become lifelong learners? And I see this question a lot on some of the um, Facebook forums that I'm on and things like that from other teachers where they're really debating, they're on the fence about whether or not they're going to take any courses to get a master's degree or courses toward upgrading or just even courses out of interest's sake that aren't necessarily going to serve them in the moment. And a lot of it has to do, of course, with the financial burden of schooling, which is another institutional problem, but I won't get into that but the other thing that that people find is that they don't have time space or inclination motivation um, to really pursue additional schooling and that's not because they don't want to it's because the profession itself teaching can feel extremely draining and exhausting so how do we get around that and how do we start to try to um, How do we start to try to appreciate learning for our students' benefit and how to help instill lifelong learning in them? And then how do we find space and time in order to do lifelong learning for ourselves? Part of what I want to reference is the importance of choosing learning that feels meaningful to you. And I see a lot of people asking this question around, you know, should I get a master's of education? Should I focus on leadership? Should I focus on something towards being an administrator at some point? And of course, those things are important. It's worth it to, you know, explore if that's something that you want to do later on. Like I said, one model of learning is learning to do, to develop the skills that you need to be able to either upgrade your job or change your job or whatever. But what we often don't consider when we start to to talk about these things as professionals is how passionate we're going to be about the subject matter and that's really what makes us lack motivation so I'll just give you a quick example so i became a teacher and then i went back almost immediately to get my master's in counseling psychology at that point i knew that it would help me to become a school counselor i was fairly certain i didn't want to be a school counselor But I knew that I wanted to learn more about psychology. I knew that I wanted to learn more about how to relate to the students that I was working with, how to understand what they were experiencing. I wanted to know more about child and adolescent psychology. I wanted to know more about pathology and psychopharmacology. And I wanted opportunities to know about like counseling strategy and technique and practice because it was fascinating to me how beneficial talk therapy could be for some folks particularly for young people so I had the motivation and the drive to do that I was constantly motivated to look at my school work and to read more and at that point like I said I wasn't necessarily doing it for a career advancement I wasn't doing it because I wanted to be a school counselor I knew adamantly that I didn't want to be a school counselor I wasn't sure if maybe at some point I would want to go into private practice working with youth. I wasn't sure if maybe I would want to leave teaching altogether and become a, um, a counselor for child and youth mental health here in Canada. I wasn't sure if maybe I wanted to start my own drama therapy program. I had all these ideas kind of percolating, but nothing set in stone. But I didn't lack that motivation. And that's one of the things that makes it difficult for our young learners to learn because they're dictated and told what it is that they have to learn and what it is they should find value in. When I was 22 and starting my master's degree, if somebody had said to me, this is what you'll find value in, I think you need to do a master's in English because that's going to make you a better English teacher, I wouldn't be interested in that. If somebody had said to me, oh, you need to do a master's in leadership because then, you know, you can become an administrator and that's the next logical advancement from a teacher, I wouldn't have been interested in that. I would have put it off. I would have hummed and hawed about it. And I would have been asking all the people on the forums, do you think it's worth it for me to get an M.Ed. in leadership? And so this is why I'm I'm really encouraging you to. Consider which master's degree it is that's actually going to be interesting to you and then find ways to make that relevant. Don't try to choose a degree that's already relevant. Try to make whichever one you're excited about relevant to you because then what you're doing when you've made that selection is we can manipulate, once we're already professionals in the business, we can manipulate how we use that learning because it gives us all of these new tools to work with right and so like now for instance no I'm not a school counselor and no like right now I'm not practicing privately Um, I was up until last year but I'm not now but I I use it the skills that I had every single day when I work with my students I also make sure that you know my students understand what all of these other unique ways of doing drama can be so that they can then decide okay this is what excites me and this is what I want to dive into I don't have to be told okay well we're going to do plays this year and you have to do the play they can decide you know what I'm really interested in drama therapy or I'm really interested in psychodrama Kim talked about this as being an option I want to explore how it works with prison theater and that's going to be my project so we then are given new tools that we can relate to our students so that they can then start to mold and shape their learning to be what they want it to be as well So all we're doing when we're choosing education that we're excited about is we're modeling for students how to make that education work for us. We might have a student in our English class who hates English and who is finding it very difficult to relate to the subject matter or find any value in it and so what I'm just what I'm trying to highlight here is that uh, by us, pursuing the things that we're passionate about and making it work for us, we can help our students in our classes, regardless of subject matter, choose a subject of interest to them, something that they're passionate about learning and make it work within that subject matter. Another example here is um, just a few years ago, I was teaching, I started teaching musical theater and I had done it before, but it had been, you know, it was, I was a co-teacher and I wasn't really doing musical and I was doing lots of drama. And then when I was teaching drama, I was teaching it solo, but it was only drama, no musical. So when I was teaching musical for the first time by myself, I wasn't working at this point with an accompanist or, uh, you know, any anybody really. And I hadn't done musicals myself since I was in high school as a performer. So I was feeling a little bit at a loss as to how to take this on so i started vocal coaching i started working with a coach who could not only teach me how to hold a tune but also how to uh, you know i knew how to read music but she could also then teach me how to transfer the skills that i was getting from her to working with my students and now i'm just excited about it now i'm taking music theory classes and No, like these classes are not actually accredited courses that I can then use to further advance my career. But these are courses that are allowing me to learn something I didn't know previously. They're allowing me to then find ways to make it work within my profession. If I had decided, oh, I really don't like this, this part of musical theater directing is not for me, then I would have continued hiring a vocal coach to come in and teach my students and I would not be pursuing that. So what I'm saying is, when you're deciding what courses you want to take or what types of learning you want to do in order to advance your career or or whatever, I'm really encouraging you to, first of all, just do it. Like, do whatever you can to be able to pursue that learning. It is so valuable. But second of all, what I'm saying is don't choose something for the sake of choosing it because you've been told that that's the right move. I'm saying choose something and then make moves based on what you're excited about. I think that's the best way to actually be a lifelong learner. And it's the best way to model for your students how to manipulate a system that doesn't always work to make it try to work for you. Um, the other things I just want to say you know, right now we're faced with a really interesting shift in demographics, and we're looking at fewer job opportunities moving forward for our young people, as well as our young people changing professions multiple times throughout their lifespan. And this is relatively new. And, you know, I mean, my generation has done it too. um, And I'd say, yeah, I mean, millennials are really known for it, but it's really common now for people to have multiple different career paths and i'm not just saying like a slight shift in career path but dramatic shifts in their career paths and so this is why it's really important to instill lifelong learning because we need to start encouraging students to diversify their own portfolios essentially to diversify what their skill sets are It's almost better now to be a jack of all trades than a master of one, you know, and that's, that hasn't always been the case. And this is also true for us who are currently teaching the teacher. I've talked about it before. The teacher burnout rate and attrition rate for teachers is extremely high. And although teachers possess a lot of very unique marketable skills, both from just experience as being a teacher and the education that comes with becoming a teacher. As teachers, we also need to diversify our portfolios a little bit, which is why, you know, this is why I didn't choose to do an M.Ed. in psychology. An M.Ed. in psychology would allow me to only be a school counselor or even work towards a school psychologist. It would only allow me to focus on school psychology. Whereas a master's of counseling psychology allows me to become a therapist. I can be a registered clinical counselor. And so that was an example of me choosing to diversify my portfolio. So I'm saying two things here. I'm saying, yes, of course, choose the type of learning that you're excited about because passionate learning is lifelong learning. Number two, I'm also saying, choose the path that's going to allow you to diversify your resume, your experience, to build more skills so that you are more marketable in the workplace. And this is for new teachers, this is for teachers who have been doing it forever, this is for students. It's important to start to diversify. I know this all seems really obvious, but even in school, when we do career prep stuff with students, Oftentimes we're career prepping them for one career. They're looking at university degrees that will allow them to be one thing. They're saying, I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a teacher. I want to be, you know, a, a mechanic. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to do those things. It's just fewer and fewer people are wanting to do those things for their entire career. They're fewer and fewer people are seeing themselves once they've done it for a while, as being able to do that until they retire. And with retirement age being pushed later and later because the cost of living has gone up, inflation is bananas, and people have exponential amounts of student debt, it's also important to consider that we might not want to do the same job until we're 70 anymore. And so the more skills that we have, the more we're able to make sure that we are setting ourselves up to one be able to work for longer to be marketable for longer and three remain interested and invested in the type of work that we're doing my dad's always said you never if you find a job that you love you never work a day in your life and that's super true and so the minute that you don't love it anymore i mean this is what's happening right people don't love their job anymore they find something new and i think that's great because that allows us to be lifelong learners it allows us to shift gears and start to learn and develop new skills. So, it's important that we are encouraging our students to develop the skill of lifelong learning. But in order to do that, we need to actually embrace it too. And I think this is one thing that we often forget as teachers, is that professional development and a Masters of Education isn't the only way to be a lifelong learner. And We can go into a master's of education. If you want to be an administrator, getting an M.Ed in leadership is a great stepping stone and can be very helpful. But consider that your career trajectory and consider how long you plan to be working for. Consider whether or not this is something that you want to be doing for the rest of your life. And how can you still make that step to be able to achieve that goal of being an administrator while also at the same time diversifying your resume. And are there ways to continue to learn those skills and those things that you're excited about so that you can apply it to any other area of relevance? Now, I'm not saying that people shouldn't get a master's of education. I'm not saying that at all. Teachers with masters of education Like I have a lot of friends with their MED and it's great, like amazing learning. What I'm saying is just make sure that that's the right fit for you, not because it's the next step, but because that's the learning that you're excited to do. So for me, I wasn't excited about an MED in psychology. I had already done all of my electives in my teaching degree were in psychology. I had done additional courses in psychology and in inclusive education psychology. I had done all these other courses like I don't want to do an M. ed in psychology. And so I felt very fortunate when I found this one that would allow me to do if I wanted to be a school counselor, I could. If I wanted to quit teaching altogether and become a counselor, I could do that. I could work wherever I wanted to because it allowed me to fully diversify my portfolio. And so that's what I'm saying here. It it allowed me to explore the topics of interest to me, the things that I was passionate about, excited to learn, the things that would keep me motivated for the duration of the degree and then some. And it allowed me to feel like it was going to be relevant no matter what I did. So when we're choosing our lifelong learning and what it is that we want to do, just kind of keep in mind the three things. It needs to be flexible. It needs to be Uh, available slash attainable and it needs to feel relevant those are all the things that are going to make for a good learning experience something that can keep you motivated and can sustain you and that not isn't gonna feel like a slog every time you have to write an essay or research something and that's true for our students as well the more that we can allow them to diversify their own portfolio and start to look at a variety of things of interest and explore a variety of things that can enrich their lives, the more they're going to want to keep learning, and the more they're going to seek out ways to keep learning things. Because part of the problem is is that school makes it seem like learning is a slog, that school is exhausting, and that learning is exhausting, and that learning sucks, which means that we then have a society of young people who don't necessarily know that every little thing that they choose to do can be an opportunity for more developed learning. They don't have to just focus on the basics. They can dive into it and make a profession out of it, or they can, you know, use that to jump off into another career and do this further learning at college level or university level or whatever. Like there's so many options for it. So that's why I wanted to talk about lifelong learning partially because that's one of the reasons that i haven't been writing as much or recording podcasts as much because like i said I'm, i just started this music theory class and it was on top of you know moving and christmas and all that kind of stuff so um i'm speaking from experience here when i'm talking about lifelong learning um, but you know i feel like it's really relevant because i see a lot of people talking about whether or not they're going to do their master's degree and what they should take their master's degree in So if you're on that trajectory right now, or maybe you're thinking of getting a second master's degree or a second bachelor's degree or something completely different. If you're on that trajectory right now, ask yourself, is it flexible? Is it available and and attainable? And is it relevant? Does it feel like something that can help to diversify your portfolio, your resume? And does it feel like something you are excited and passionate about doing, or does it feel like a hoop you have to jump through? If you're looking at it and seeing this end goal and that's all you can see because the learning up to that end goal feels, you know, really arduous, then my encouragement would be to see if you can find another means to that end goal, a different path. And to end on a very, very cliched expression, It's about the journey, not the destination. And so I know that that's super cliched, but it feels really applicable to this post. Um, Please let me know if you have any questions or if you just are wanting to brainstorm master's options or further education options, hit me up, send me an email on the contemporaryeducator.com or you can find me on Instagram at teach.emote.repeat. So I look forward to hearing from Mm -hmm. folks about what they think about lifelong learning. Take good care and I will be back hopefully with another podcast or with uh, an updated blog post really soon. Fingers crossed.